Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. All right, there we go. Uh, Well, very exciting time for me. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with fantastic artist Samad Savage. Uh, If you haven't heard of Samad, uh, absolutely smashing it in the game right now. And, you know, you're probably one of the most active up and coming artists I've seen in a while. Uh, you're always dropping, you know, freestyles. You're always dropping remixes. You've got so many good tracks and probably the most unique thing about you is you talk about some real issues rather than just, uh, you know, the, the classic drug raps or like the, the gangster raps, you actually touch on some really important issues, uh, track don't about, you know, domestic violence. You've also got a few tracks there about, you know, child abuse and that kind of stuff. So we've jumped very deep already, but I just wanted to say it's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, man, uh, one of the things for me is, how did you, because you're actually, you're, you're quite a young man, how did you decide to differentiate yourself in terms of the game? Because obviously, you know, you've still got the skill set, but in terms of content-wise, you talk about a lot of different things. Well, I just rap about, you know, whatever I want to rap about. Like, I, I don't let any kind of uh, limitations set me up, you know, whether it be rap or anything, every genre has a thing that they always, you know, speak on. Like, so I guess if even I was doing pop music, I would still be doing songs about, I guess, you know, uh, child abuse and and different uh, worldly things. Uh, While everybody else will be talking about like clubs and partying and stuff like that. So I I, I don't really think it has to do with me being in hip hop at all. I just rap about whatever uh, comes to mind. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably always the best way to go to always, you know, stay true to yourself. But do you think that's a challenge that hip hop artists have right now is like, you know, you can talk about heavy things, but then as soon as you do, you kind of limit potentially your audience because people don't want to hear about it. Um, No, not really, because there's a there there's there's a audience for, for literally every and anybody, um, just because it's not at the forefront doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who are willing and wanting to listen to it. As you just said yourself, you you check out my music and I don't really talk about uh, what other popular rappers talk about. But uh, there's something for everybody. You know, a lot of people, I think the, the facade of what mainstream is, uh, a lot of times make people makes people believe that uh, hip hop or rap right now, which is this one thing and everybody's talking about this and everybody's doing that, but that's just who the scope is on. And that's the media outlets that people are choosing to view that are telling them that when there's just so much more besides myself, like I, I appreciate the compliments, but I don't even look at what I do as a, even that special of a thing because of how many artists that I know that, that do do the same things that uh, I'm doing. Yeah. I think the, the challenge is that obviously it's not the, 
easy in terms of digestible, like the content is good, but it's not easy to digest. You have to be in a particular mindset. You have to be ready to hear those things. Even if you're not ready, you have to be ready to listen to those things. Uh, and they kind of challenge the status quo of just like, you know, I put the music on, I vibe with my friends, and then I continue living my life. These you, you have a lot of tracks that are more like get you to think and get you to start to have more of an introspective view of, okay, what does this mean for my life? What does this mean for life in general? And does it make me reevaluate things? Mm. So wait, was that a question or a statement? No, that was more of a statement. That was more of a... (laughs) Okay, I was like, I'm listening. But you you know the the tonality of like how a question ends? So if I said, you know how a question ends, you would think that's like a question. I I think you like ended with like a... "Eh." (laughs) That's my my technique of like handballing. That's like my part of the conversation is over. You're up and and you can say whatever you want from there. That's my... Oh, you're seeing past the trickery of of running a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, unlucky for you, I have ADHD. So although I caught you, although I listened to everything when you first said it, we've already went past whatever we were talking about when we started that new topic. So I'm, I'm lost. And if you want to say what you said again, <laughs> that's fine. If not, we can keep it moving. <laughs> well, man, the, one of the things that I noticed is like, obviously you do a lot of freestyles, right? So you're, you're jumping on different freestyles and you're, you're doing different things. You're, you're jumping on different beats. How do you choose kind of the beats that you want to do. I saw, obviously you did a slim shady freestyle as well. And so like, there's obviously a couple of artists that I'm sure you go, all right, I learned their skill set, but how do you choose the, the freestyle? Uh, it's kind of like how people choose music, you know, whatever beat you like, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a song that I absolutely love or anything like that. Or like the first one, although it was an MF doom beat, it was literally an MF doom beat. Like, like M- MF doom didn't rap on that before. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just a matter of just hearing something that I like. Sometimes I ask my fans, like, hey, what do you want to hear me on? Most of the time, I don't end up listening to whatever they say. It's just whatever comes natural. <laughs> but uh, Don't worry, the first, I won't tell them. Yeah, the, the first one was requested. Second one wasn't. Neither was the third third one. So, yeah, it's just whatever whatever I feel like. Oh, I know what happened with... uh. Actually, nope, never mind. Lost it. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. Literally happens to me all the time. Start a train of thought and then you're like, wait, what was I talking about? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so have how have you felt the response in terms of fans? Have you seen kind of a, a real uptake in the past couple of years? Like, I mean, your career isn't that long in terms of hip hop in general, but have you seen a steady growth? Uh for my career? Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Um, everything is just, it just keeps going up. And as long as it's going up and not standing still or going down, I can't complain. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for every person that takes time out of their day to not only listen to my music, but just, you know, keep up with me and see what I'm doing. Thank all of you for real. Yeah. I think uh, the fans, uh, sometimes they're somewhat, uh, you know, misunderstood and then not understood and then you get obviously a little bit of hate and i've seen you speak about a little bit of you know critical uh some critiques coming to your music but how do you kind of manage that in terms of you know people saying you know you're the best i love you and then other people who are going stop hip-hop there's like a real 
two-way street. They either love you or hate you. Well, I mean, I don't mind the hate. I've never had a problem with anybody saying that I'm trash or bad or anything like that because it's up to opinion. I, I just more so get uh, flustered when it's something that I feel like just doesn't make any sense at all you know what i'm saying like if somebody says something about a song that i did when the last song that i did was completely opposite and in the like let's say i rap on a uh trap beat with autotune i'll get a comment saying oh dude all he does is autotune <laughs> and then i'll do a hip-hop song and then a, the next time it'll be like oh my gosh here you go with this this old school bull crap, you know, modernize your sound. So it's like things that are just like I've done both and I do both. And I think I would I would hope that my fans would get that now. But truthfully, those people who are so quick to judge on each particular song instead of me as an artist or different projects or stuff, they're, they're not my real fans. And I, I've just had to learn to accept that. Yeah. And to to be fair. Those types of fans, you know, unfortunately, it breeds more comments because people start to, you know, fight and go, no, 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 you're wrong. It actually helps you. So negative comments help you in the algorithm, although it's weird because you're just a person and you're like, this is still my art form. Like, I, I'm not trying to inspire fights. I'm just trying to give you part of my soul rather than just, you know, just it's just strange to me that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that feel the need to throw throw you down, even though it's just a form of expression. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, I understand when it's on like a political tip. Like if I say something about Republicans or conservatives or Donald Trump or something, and then I catch hate for that from somebody who supports one of those things that I understand. And we can have an educated debate on. But, you know, it's just it's just when it's like just matter of opinions and people just feeling extremely entitled like their opinion it, it just means so much you know what i'm saying and i i just yeah that's 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 literally it yeah i feel like you know the more you listen to music the more you realize there's no good there's all just like versions of good and what is subjectively good to you like i know my opinion on music is very much my own it's not catered to anybody else so like we used to do reviews on this podcast as well. And I know for a fact that even with the people I was reviewing, reviewing songs with, we'd have a differing opinion, even though we're close friends. So it's like the, the anger that people get over, you know, can you do this more or do that more? doesn't really make sense to me. Like, it's just strange. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, but we all can agree that Stevie Wonder uh, songs in the key of life is like, that's that's actually just good music. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. And if they disagree, you know, middle fingers and whatnot. Right? <laughs> I'm, we're on the same page here, right? Because that's just that's just good music. There's no music that's like better than that. Well, right? I mean, that apparently they said that um Queen, uh, what's their song is the best song sonically ever. Let me guess, the Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. They said that was the, like I saw it probably a couple of years ago, is the best song ever. Like, I don't agree personally because it's not it's not for me. Like that song. It's a great song, but best song ever. I think uh, saying something is the best song ever takes like simplicity. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a contender for that would be like, I don't know, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. It's just like, it's not doing too much, but it's just like when you hear it, you can't help but move and tap your foot. Like that's, but I think uh, the first time you hear Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, you're like, whoa, like what an experience. 
but there's not a part of it that you can you cannot quote like you can't sing along with that song until you've heard it at least 10 times you know yeah. what i'm saying and it's and so like, long yeah. as well it's very long it is it's almost like a, a movie in a way like it's got like parts to it um i can understand why people love it i, I was one of the one of the greatest pieces of art of all time i agree with that um but <laughs> a lot of people won't agree with this and think that like my opinion my music opinion sucks but i personally feel like uh nelly Furtado, uh promiscuous girl with timbaland i think that is the best song of all time i don't know how to explain it i can't say exactly why but it's just this just I'm, i have never heard a song that's better than that song and i don't know i, I can't explain it <laughs> To, to be honest, I'm a little bit speechless about that. That's the last thing I expected. I expected I know, to hear, I but it is a good song. Like despite yeah. all that, it is really catchy. And if it comes on and it plays, I'm always vibing with it. Like if it ever, there's no way I'm ever disappointed. Exactly, and it's it's not even just in the lyrics because the lyrics are a little, you know, I hate to use the word basic because it's still an amazing song, but basic. Um, but just the beat alone the chord progression is simple but the way that it feels with the drums and then the 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 freaking harmonies in the background of the chorus that like that that whole thing is just absolutely amazing sorry for terribly singing on your stream without autotune but uh <laughs> i just wanted to to be honest <laughs> <laughs> If you yeah. like Nelly Furtado and Timberland and Promiscuous Girl, let us know as well. Hit yes. up some Mad Savage. Give him some love because uh, you're the only one who's bigged up that song on the podcast. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I reckon there are closet lovers of that song. People who say, nah, 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 I'm not feeling it. And then when it comes on, they actually secretly love it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm a fan of? This is like a guilty pleasure of mine because I'm 25. I shouldn't really be on TikTok. But um the, there's a remix of that song with uh uh what ariana grande's song motive uh tell me what's your motive and they they like put it on that beat and it is like the sickest mashup ever it just proves that out. yeah it just proves that the beat to the song just didn't really age because it still sounds like an amazing modern day hit yeah i'm gonna have to check that out to be honest everyone's on tiktok though like i yeah. have tiktok yeah. At, well, when I started, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I don't feel like I need to. But now you realize how big it is. It's like, I mean, I sh feel like I shouldn't be able to name a TikTok mashup. Like me going on TikTok, no problem. But me being able to be like, yo, there's this TikTok mashup. <laughs> a little bit out of my range. Uh, not just like age wise, but just as a person that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> well, you're a complex person. That's what makes us all interesting. If you sat in one lane, then it would just be boring. But like you loving, you know, promiscuous girl, you jumping on these mashups. That's that's why the fans check you out. That's why they know that what they get is real rather than just fake and pretend. Hey, I, I truly appreciate that, my man. So I have this skill set of like one of my friends always said to me, like, you can justify everything that I do. It's really bad, but it's really good. So if you ever need like a justification of like, you know, and I'm not talking like sh horrible behavior and they will justify that, but like little things of like, oh, I shouldn't have this extra piece of pizza. I'm like, no, you deserve it. 
because you've had a hard week. Like you need that person in your life. That's what I try to be. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm going to need you for the IRS in a couple of years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's trying his best. You know, it's very complicated. (laughs) You you guys only show up when shit goes wrong, but you're not here to help him in the right path. That would be my... It's like, I believed in you. I depended on you to keep me in check and you let me fall apart. You guys are the <laughs> experts. You should know when I'm going down the wrong way. Just give me, like, shoot me a message. Just go, hey, just as a heads up, this is what you should be doing. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we lived in that world. That'd be so good. <laughs> um, maybe in like 10 years. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. I think if, if you and I are in charge, that's what what we would do. We would be like, Let's help people. Let's guide them rather than surprise. We're doing your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this conversation is jumping to so many different topics. It's moving a lot like my mind. (laughs) It seems like we're probably both in, in the same mindset. But how did you start? In music, like, what was your your childhood like in terms of you know your your exposure to it? How did you evolve? And then, at what point did you be like, "All right, now I'm going to take the jump and become an artist"? Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you hear him? Yeah, he liked it out. Yeah. Say hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> I started music with my brother. Um. He wanted to um wait, my I'm sorry. My stepmother's sister had brought my brother um FL Studios. And he started learning it. And FL Studios is a music producing program, if any of you don't know. He started learning it. And uh whenever I would visit my father's house, um, any chance that I got, I would spend most of my time just on a computer trying to learn that program until I eventually got it myself on my grandmother's computer. And uh, I just stuck with it since then. That happened when I was like eight. And then uh, I wrote my first rap when I was 10. Hey, wrote my first rap when I was 10. Uh, 15, I did my first song. And 16, I mean, 17 is when I dropped my first mixtape. And when I was 20, that's when I quit my job and say, all right, I'm 100% doing this music stuff. And I would like to, you know, although I started making music when I was eight, I think the beginning of my career was then at that moment when I was 20. What was that like quitting your job and going full time? Uh, Extremely terrifying. I went broke for like a whole year, Um, but I found ways to make money doing what I love. A lot of money. Not much, but more recently has been a way bigger blessing than it was before. So how did you survive? Obviously, a lot of people, uh, that is a big fear of theirs. You know, take the risk, you know, quit the job. But then they think that, you know, the come up will be quite quick from there. But how did you kind of in your own mind be like, all right, this is what I need to do. And then kind of, you know, accept that there would be a period of time where you would really struggle and be broke. Well, it depends on where you're at in life. At that point, um, I had a girlfriend, which I could have lost if she was, you know, money hungry or something like that. But, you know, she's my wife to be today. Um, Not to be. She's my wife today. Um, And I was living at my mother's house. But um, 
my mom at the time was having me pay, I think it was uh, 200 a month on rent. And then eventually 300 and let's just say this, I moved out last year, but I, I got to like 350 at that point. But uh, it was it was nothing for me at that point. It was just that first year. And I still never got behind on rent. Uh, I used to sell beats for like 50 bucks each and feed myself and, you know, take care of myself for the most part. Only thing I didn't pay was my phone bill. And uh, as I said, it was extremely reduced rent. So I, I appreciate that help from my mother. And I don't think I would have been able to do that without that. So what I'm saying is if somebody's out there considering quitting their job to do music, you just really have to understand your responsibilities. If you are paying rent, have at least a year in advance of rent just ready before you make that move. If you uh, aren't paying rent, okay, you don't have to worry about that. But let's just say you pay your own phone bill and stuff. Just have all of that stuff prepared because you can't do this 100% all your, on your own. You just you simply can't. And I had to use the skills that I got over 10 years of learning how to produce like, could you imagine if I didn't even know that much, me wanting to be a rapper and I couldn't do that? Or uh, I was also recording different friends of mine and, and whatnot, uh, engineering. I even picked up how to do cover art. That was one thing that I learned how to do <laughs> because I was just like, I, I need to figure out every single possible way that I can make money. Started hosting shows. You, you pretty much got to find every way to get it the way you want it. But as I said, everything that I do now involves some form of creativity so i love doing it and it feels like i never work a day in my life do you at the time when you quit your job were these the realities that you thought of or is this looking back that you're like all right i should have done this better i could have done that better no i feel like i did uh i did pretty well but and normally i'm extremely insecure and hard on myself but today Looking back on everything, I don't think I would have changed anything. I think I did everything that I, I could do. Um, probably would have invested in Bitcoin, uh, but that's about it. <laughs> I think we all would have invested in Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at in life. Uh, I don't think there's an opportunity that I've missed. Uh, I firmly believe whatever is meant for me will get to me and whatever isn't will miss me. So, yeah. And how did your your family and your partner feel about, you know, you going full time? Obviously, she's your wife today, but at the time, what was that like in terms of going, hey, this is the risk that I want to take and obviously this impacts you and our potential future, but how did that all play out? Uh, she believed in me. She believed in me. And, and at that time, um, I wasn't necessarily taking care of her or anything like, yeah, I was a gentleman. So I paid for dates and bought her gifts and stuff, but um, I wasn't particularly taking care of her. So it didn't affect her life that much. It was more like a, my own personal decision and what I was going to do now. Um, where we're at now, as I said, I still don't have a job necessarily, but I make enough money for my career that I make pretty much as much as my friends who already graduated college <laughs> without all of the debt. So I'm doing pretty good. Thank God. Um, and we live together. So if I was in the same position back, uh, back then where I just had a job and I wanted to quit it, I wouldn't do that now because I have somebody else who's depending on me to, you know what I'm saying? Come up with my half of everything. And, uh, but where, where I'm at now with it, I think everything's great. She's not here, but if you had to ask her, I think she would say that she doesn't even have to really think about me financially. She knows that I, I try my best to get everything done and I always find a way. Thank God. And, you know, the, the best part is that you're doing it 
while doing something that you love rather than that that nine to five of like you know grind every day struggle every day you you wake up and you're like ah, another day part that's i mean like not even i'm not even the best part it's just that's just the whole point you know what i'm saying i, I don't think i could be happy if i couldn't get out my creativity yeah i think that's underrated sometimes especially i know when i went to school i think i always viewed art as just you know drawing and i never that was never the creative skill that i had I was, mm. I had more creativity in terms of like performing and speaking to people and, and using language, but I never, like, it was just weird. I just felt like I was more, you know, in the books rather than creative. And now I look back and go, no, I was creative the whole time. It just wasn't taught the right way. I wasn't shown. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Do you feel like the same thing happens, you know, at schools and and as kids like everyone's taught about maths english and, and those things are important but creativity is not fostered as much as it should be um yeah most definitely i actually hate uh how school is i feel like school should be like college from the second that you're in school learn about what you're interested in you know what i'm saying or at least by the time you get to high school like learn all the basics that you need a lot of time I was in high school, I was like, yo, I, I don't need to know how, what, 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 uh, that, that amino is in a codon. I don't need to know, like, I just, there's just a lot, so many different things that I've learned extra in high school. That I'm like, that was a waste of my time. And that's, I guess that is my one regret. I wouldn't have necessarily dropped out. I don't think that's a good idea. I think everybody should at least get a college, I mean, a, a high school diploma, but, uh, yeah, man, they just taught so many different things. And I'm just like, I, I don't need this. I'm not going to need this. I know where I want to be. Now, for people who don't know what they want yet, yes, you should learn every single thing. But if you know it, you don't need to be there. Yeah, I think it's it's strange because, like, it's just not, like, I remember as a, as a kid and as a teenager, my parents would talk about, like, the life of an artist. And they're like, mm -hmm. do you want to be broke? And that was like ingrained in me as no, I want to go and, and get a job and earn money. But then yeah. now, like, especially now that we look at technology, I'm looking 10 years later, like I'm 27 now. And so I'm looking, I'm like, well, to be fair, artist has had way more growth than probably any other industry other than obviously tech and like fintech companies, that kind of stuff. But if you look at, you know, how hip hop has grown, if you look at, you know, TikTok, IG, you look at literally streaming in general, video games never used to be a way to make money. And now people are literally making so much more than that nine to five. So I feel like the challenge is that now we have to explore those options way more. I, I totally agree. But I mean, like, not to discourage anybody, but becoming an artist, like a successful artist is like, how many spots are in an are in NBA team? 12? I think it's like just like filling out, not filling out, but trying to get on an NBA team. There's only but so many teams and only but so many slots on a team and only but so many colleges. And the chances of you getting in a car crash and messing up your voice is the same as you breaking a leg. You know what I'm saying? It's just everything takes risk. I, I say go for whatever you think is just really going to make you happy. If you aren't into this capitalist way of life that everyone is on uh, into 
be homeless. Be happy and homeless. Who cares what anybody else says? <laughs> uh, just know there's things that come with that. Um, but if you're happy in that lifestyle and that's for you, it's for you. Who cares what anybody else thinks? If you feel like you not, you know, we don't have to take it to the extremity of homelessness, but if you feel like as an artist, you would be completely broke, but you would be happy and nobody else is depending on you, make yourself happy. The the rea- the the other side of the coin is you have to be open to accepting the reality of making that choice. Like yes. you said, like it's not easy to be an artist. And every artist that I speak to is like, I work harder now than I would have worked in a nine to five because I know that the years, well, yeah, it's like time, right? So how much time do I have to put into this? You know, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always trying to get that next step. Like you're, I see you're always making music videos and you're, you're doing more of that stuff. And that obviously takes time. It takes money, but it's like, you have to go into the, to the move, understanding the reality of it rather than just the idea of it. Mm, Yeah, I I definitely agree. But Hey, if, if you had a good time, was it time wasted? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Probably not. And even if you didn't, it's still a learning experience. Like I'm a yeah. big believer in go for it, try it. And a lot of people don't know what they're supposed to do. You just got to try, try stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, I would rather 12 hours of making music any day over even five hours of I'll take, I'll just I'll say a job that I used to do five hours working in a clothing store. I would take doing, I'll, I'll take doing 12 hours of 12, 14 hours of music a day. <laughs> over that because I would actually enjoy what I'm doing and it wouldn't feel as much like work. I'm the same with podcasting. I'd rather do this. Like, yeah, you know, it's, I woke up before 6am here in Australia to do this. I would, I don't do that for work. So, you what know, the, it? yeah, it's, uh, it's 8am now. So woke up just before six to get ready for the show. So yeah. I yeah. feel like, like an asshole, even like yawning, like quietly. the difference is you've had a long day i just started my day and i'm a morning person anyway so like i I don't mind like i've got energy in the morning and then it hits three four o'clock and i'm starting to get tired that's like where i feel the crash but like Uh, australia scene i only uh know two artists over there right now that are killing it uh ym and control uh but other than that i don't really know too much about the uh, australian music scene or Kid Rock as well. We've got a lot of coming up hip hop artists. So um, Kwame as well. We've just got, they're, they're coming up. So hip hop in Australia is actually really young um, in terms of the, the scene itself. Like uh, the, the only way I can describe it is when I was uh, in high school, there was no hip hop played on the radio. Like you would walk into, you know, a, a shopping center and there would be pop music. It wouldn't be hip hop. Whereas in a world without hip-hop <laughs> that's what it was that's what it was like it wouldn't be played whereas now we're starting to see more hip-hop hit the radio waves and you're starting to see hip-hop style beats hit pop music and so now especially i think tiktok's done a great thing for hip-hop in australia because like everyone's on those type of beats but now you can see the the come up in terms of artists and and the exposure in terms of Aussie hip hop. The only thing I struggle with personally is it sounds like me. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to my own voice in hip hop. The Aussie accent I struggle with, but um, 
yeah and and obviously growing up with american hip-hop that's like what i've loved for so long and so even for me it's a transition to listen to the new sound to the new beats but there's there's heaps of up-and-coming artists you know it's funny it depends on what from what i hear it depends on what's being spoken about like it took me a really long time to get into uh uk drill um i mean uk rap in general uh but it depended on what it was. I realized I had to find like what to listen to. Like I love gangster rap music over here from you know the game and Wu Tang and stuff like that. But I couldn't accept it with a, a a UK accent. Like that proper English just felt so strange to me. You know what I'm saying? So then, uh, but once I heard like different rappers talking about different things, like Stormzy and Dave and stuff, like I'm like, oh snap, like it's not the voice. It was just the content from that voice that I wasn't accepting. Uh, even when it comes to Australia, I just named two artists that I know. And these are underground artists. Uh, when it comes to Iggy Azalea, she does not rap with an Australian accent at all. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But I, I know another person, um, he kind of raps like a little bit like Mac Miller. I forgot his name. I think it's like Austin or something. Um, but he says like he, he puts on an American accent when he raps too. But I, I get it. It started, you know, people even who, who uh, sing American songs don't sing it with an accent. Like Adele does not sound like she had, she's from anywhere but America. No, I was <laughs> going to say it's weird. I had this conversation with someone the other day that whenever someone sings, it sounds like they're American. It actually, you cannot hear their accent. Like, um, I think there's only a couple where you can like, oh, I can hear your British accent. It's so rare. Like you just cannot hear the accent. It's that has to be taught. Like, don't you think? Like, it has to be something that they actively work on, that they hide the, the accent. Up on, you know, I, I recently started putting like little hints of, of patois in uh, some, like a bar or two in some of my verses. And when I say it, say things in patois, I sound like I sound Jamaican. Now, of course, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, appropriate any kind of cultures and whatnot like I have Jamaican in my blood but um I sound like that because that's what I grew up hearing you know what I'm saying I don't sound like like I say Badman instead of Badman <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so funny like do you ever feel like it's like it's strange to me that people like you would add that and then people have that criticism of you that trying to appropriate a culture like, I just feel like it's it's strange because you're not doing it in a self-serving way. You're not doing it to like, oh, look at me. You're doing it because you think it'll add to the art form. You think you're it's going to like help it and you think that it's going to create it. So sometimes I think intention is key. Like I know that there's a lot of areas that we have to be wary of, but intention is key. If you come with the right intent, then you know, we should be looking at those people and going, hey, they want to help and they want to be in part of this inclusive environment. Mm, I mean, some people look at that. I think, uh, sorry, I think it depends on what you're doing. Like, so I have an R&B song on my album uh, that's coming out and I made sure that I got an R&B artist. You get what I'm saying? So I also have like an 80s pop record. So I, I don't... I, you can't get an 80s pop artist because that means they're already way out of this world. But um, I, I, I took whatever I learned from the greats and whatnot. And I think 
it's a it's a real fire way to tell that like I'm paying homage more than trying to take from what was done already. You know what I'm saying? I even used uh, the uh, talk box in in the song, and I chose a melody that Teddy Riley, uh, a very famous melody that Teddy Riley wrote um, and did. Um, and it's as I said, homage over appropriation any day. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely feel the challenge because I'm a white dude from Australia who loves hip hop and obviously I'm commenting on music that is not my own. So I feel that challenge of like, you know, is it appropriate for me to throw out purely my opinion, but I only do it as a fan. Like I only do it as like, I like the music, I like the culture and I like talking about it. And for me, the worst thing ever would be to hurt it so if i ever felt like i was hurting the culture then i would walk away but you know thankfully i haven't had any of those critiques and so thankfully uh i get to keep doing this but you know it's it's one of those things to be aware of a a, a sheer way to remain an an ally to hip-hop is to be if not first the second to call out somebody when they are appropriating or taking away from the culture. You know what I'm saying? Cause that just reminds uh, people in the community, not just specifically black people, but people in the hip hop community that, okay, this person not only loves this genre, but will defend this genre of music too, you know? So yeah, yeah, I would say that is a good way to do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of defending the genre and we're kind of circling back, like, a large critique of people who don't get hip hop is that the content of hip hop is actually not positive and it's not out to kind of help. And I've spoken to artists and they're like, yeah, I know that, but I still put it out. So how do you feel about the content that's actually discussed? Obviously not all of it is, you know, a good message. Well, I completely disagree. And to go back to what I was saying earlier, um, it's about what you're listening to. If we're talking about what's at the forefront, sex and violence sells. But that's not just in rap music. That's in all music. And that's that's in every industry. That's in the movie industry, any kind of entertainment. That's that's what sells, you know. So uh, the people who are watching those different things are making sure that they spend money and stream those things. Now, me, my favorite rapper is Lupe Fiasco. I don't really hear him talking about sex and violence often. I don't hear Royce the Five Nine, uh I mean at least recently talking about sex and violence. I don't hear J. Cole really talking about it and like talking about negativity. I don't hear that from Kendrick Lamar. Uh I don't hear it from Logic. I don't hear it from J Electronica. I don't even hear it from Kanye West anymore, the biggest artist in the world. Uh not even Nas. Like it's like who who are we talking about when we're having this conversation? Uh even if you're talking about Lil Baby. You know what I'm saying? Even when he's rapping about his drugs, his drug use, it's more so like it's a problem that I'm trying to get over. You know what I'm saying? Which is talking, which is a positive thing if you ask me, and maybe a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, when it we talk about guns and violence and stuff, a lot of times it's coming from a perspective of defending yourself in a violent environment. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I just I never really felt like rap ever had a negative tone if you talk about even the beginning of rap uh i can't even think of the song 
right now but the song uh, and i can't even think of the art i think it was from Ga- grandmaster flash uh it's like a jungle sometimes and made me wonder how i keep from going under that guy is talking about pissy hallways and project buildings and just what he's seeing you know what i'm saying what he grew up in and i think that's just one of the most it's the song is called the message i think it's one of the most positive songs ever and he's just rapping about what he's seeing if you talk about uh f the police by nwa it's a very positive song because they're just talking about how they're being harassed and pleading more so for 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 support from uh people in in the public uh we're talking like i, I don't know who, who's a negative like what's a negative artist could you give me some examples so in terms of the no one so this critique is not based on you know people who don't listen to hip-hop can't point out negative artists does that make sense like it is like encapsulating the genre but for argument's sake you would say you know people like uh you know mob deep gangster rap like hardcore gangster rap in terms of murder in terms of violence and and i've listened to prodigy's book and i'm a huge fan of mob deep so please don't hate i actually love the no, book I wasn't I hate. I was no, i'm just saying for, for the audience just as, as a heads up oh, but oh. <laughs> yeah, I was just, all right so you know probably my response to that is what songs are we talking about? Are we talking about specifically Shook Ones 2? Or are we talking about all of the party music that they did in the, in, in the mid-2000s that was just about partying? Are we talking about the album, the, not the hits, but the album cuts about different things that they went through and saw in, in, in life and, and, and positive things? Because they did do a lot of positive music too. It's just not talking about talked about. It's not popularized because there's no money behind it. But any it's, it's all there if you search for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like walking outside and not looking up the entire day and just feeling like, man, it's a really dark day. But you didn't you don't see the sun in the sky because you never looked up. You were looking at the ground all day. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that part of it to me is like you got to understand where the music comes from and, and what the artist kind of lived, because it's really hard to talk about something you've never experienced before. It's really mm-hmm. hard to create music about other things but you haven't lived it so then it's not true and it becomes false and then you get chastised for creating music that's not true whereas you know i look at mob deep that exact example what was their life like like what was what did they discuss they discussed literally what happened in their life and could you do me a favor and tell me the meaning of the whole song shook ones in one sentence shook ones too i think it was yeah shook ones part two yeah could you give me a distinctive what is that song about in one sentence i actually couldn't i would say that song is about being yourself and being true to yourself they're talking about people who are scared to death they're scared to look they shook there ain't no such thing as halfway crooks so <laughs> all right leon <laughs> um sorry so uh you see he loves mob deep too um so you know they're saying you ain't a you ain't a crook son you just a shook one is it saying is it praising violence and saying like, yo, you need to be a crook? No, it's saying like, yo, be yourself because that's not who you are, which is a very valuable, positive lesson that people don't really talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I think that is the message, like stay true to who you are and you, you got to talk on your experience and talk I on... that with any negative song. Yeah. Like, I, and I know you're not the person who's saying these comments and whatnot, but I'm, I'm kind of used to this. So like if you literally went down a list 
of songs, I can tell you the positive message within that song that other people aren't trying to see because they don't understand it, you know? Yeah, I think it's more of a judgment. And I think the point of, you know, I don't see the same critiques in violent movies. I don't see the same critiques in other areas of pop culture. I only see it in hip hop because guaranteed John Wick is a smash at the box office, even though it's a dude who's literally gone on a mass murder spree. But we don't hear the same. They 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 happy about, you know, John Wick killing a bunch of people for his dog, but it's a problem when somebody from the block kills somebody for killing their dog, <laughs> you know, metaphorically speaking. Like, and that's a human. You're trying to avenge a human. This man is avenging a dog. Yeah. And killing way more people than just those people who, you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I, I just think that sometimes, and I think, you know, when we look at things like this, obviously, you and I are both on the same page, but it's important to, if you have a critique against some some particular art form, look at all the other art forms and let me know if there's the same critiques, because if there's not, that just becomes hypocritical. Like, why is it that music is critiqued in a certain way, but then a visual media where I sit in a cinema for two hours and I see a bloodbath and everyone's like, sweet, five stars, everyone should go see this movie, but that song for, that goes for three and a half minutes, no good exactly yep you see you see the point man you see it yeah i just think that you know sometimes we've got to look outside of our own perspective that's the like i think that's what what and people struggle to understand what they don't understand they don't want to um and yeah but i mean you know conversations like this help that like you know it, it gives an insight into who you are as an individual into who you are behind the music and obviously music is an art form it's not necessarily a hundred percent you as well like it's a brand like 50 cent is a brand as well so you got to understand the complexities behind it all mm-hmm. you know people will hear a album like get rich or die trying and think what a violent man but never stop to think this man grew up in jamaica queens and this album is the product of him being betrayed and shot nine times if I got shot nine times and lived, I'm going to be a violent person. And I'm going to want whoever tried to kill me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm overthinking now. <laughs> My bad. And, and to add on to that, because Get Rich or Die Trying was the first hip-hop album that I ever listened to. It's what got mm -hmm. me into the genre and, you know, the life story of 50 Cent. He lost his his mom, I think, when he was like 12 or 8 years old. Um, he, he doesn't know his father. He had to live with his grandparents and he had no money. He started drug dealing to make ends meet. Like you, to understand the music, you got to understand the story. It's not like he's mm. a dude who lived in, you know, a really rich neighborhood. He had all the opportunities ever. He came up and that's his life story. So he's, that's almost like the mindset, get rich or die trying. Like I have to get out of this hole that I was put into and these are the ways i'm gonna do it <laughs> yep yeah well man look i think that it, part of your great success is that there's no lie in terms of what you put forward and i think that's definitely what the fans see and and clearly that's what they respond to so you know what can they expect moving forward from you in terms of because you said you've got an album in the works you've already had two albums as well that you've dropped so that this will be the third one but what can they expect in the new one man you can ex ex i feel like 
out of I mean, I've been hearing a lot of albums this year. And I think this one might be the best one that's going to come out this year. And I've never said that about myself. Like, I, I mean, I said it like rap wise because I have to be overly confident in my music. But like, precious. yeah, but day to day, like I don't really talk about my music in a way where I'm like, yo, this is the greatest stuff ever or whatever. But this time I genuinely feel that like whenever I listen to this album, I just like I love it from beginning to end. There's not a moment that's dull. Uh the key to the album is versatility. So just expect everything on there to be different. It's it's all by me and produced by me as far as it coming out. But like I've worked with different producers on there. So many different artists, so many features on it, but not in a way where it's like I'm trying to let other people take up the time. I just want people to add their little sauce and elements and stuff and show versatility, duality, you know. So, yeah, it's just. It's it's awesome. I don't want to talk about it any more than I have already. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's just it's different, man. It's different. Do you have an idea of when you want to drop it? Yeah, I want to drop it right now, but I'm just waiting on uh like one or two more features. All right, so it's it's close. It's coming. Yeah, it's done. It's it's mixed. It's mastered. It's it's everything. It's just missing two features. That's it. That's that's really close. That is really close. Have you got visuals for that as well? I don't. I'm working on the visuals. I am working on the visuals. But um, I'll probably just have one visual for when it drops. Uh, as far as uh, music videos go and singles go and have cycles for each song. Because every song on there, I feel like could be a single other than what the intro and yeah, no, the intro is the only song that I'm like, doesn't really need a video. Other than that, every song on there could have a video. Bang. That is so good. Actually, I'm a big fan of your visuals as well. Uh, the the song Good Night, when you did the lyrical video, I'm a huge fan of that. I think I've said this Thank before you. on the podcast. If you want to understand a true artist and understand the rhyme scheme and the complexity of the, the language that is being used, you need to read along because th th you just can't catch everything. And when you see the words, you're like, holy shit, how did I miss the connection between the end of that verse and the start of the new one or the rhyme scheme between here and there? And, man, I think you did a fantastic job. It's entertaining and you. you let the lyrics speak loud. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. If anyone hasn't checked it out, please do because – Listen to the song first is my advice. Listen to the normal music video and then listen to that one with the lyrics and you will get so much more from it. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that because I edited that uh, lyric video myself. So that means a lot. What inspired you to do it? Like what inspired you to go, all right, let me show the lyrics. Uh, I felt like I needed a visual for it and didn't have time or the money to do a actual music video which came out later that year um or actually did it come out early this year yeah i think it came out early this year anyhow um i didn't have the resources so i needed to do something simple um so when it came to the cover art uh it was pretty much all my wife's idea we, we put like a, a a sheet in front of a light uh we put a sheet in front of the bathroom door and had all the lights that we could fit inside the bathroom in the bathroom and then uh, I took the picture and that ended up being the cover art for it. Um, and then we love the style of the cover art. I'm like, yo, there's nothing that I love more than a cover art that goes along with the video. And I was like, wait, I can just put the words around myself and perform the song. 
so we put up this giant plastic smock from from Home Depot, like taped it to the ceiling, put hella lights behind that, and recorded the whole video. And then I just overexposed it, super contrasted, and uh, made it just black and white, as you saw in the video, and put all the, all of the lyrics surrounding it. And that took a while, but it was awesome. Yeah, and the and it worked. It was so good. Like the, the transitions and and just even the logo of the Tic Tac in there is really good as well. Like I love those little details that you added. I was afraid um, to do that, but uh, I'm happy that you appreciated it. I, it's just it's just little details. I'm a big fan of of just that going that little extra. Like you didn't have to do it, but because you did, it was like oh, just that that little bit extra adds more in my opinion. So like if if you ever have doubts about that, let me be the first to be like, those added details make you and make your art more impressive because it's like you're that committed that you wanted to add that extra part to it. Thank you. Thank you so much, my man. I, I really appreciate that. Well, man, I think this leads quite well into my last question. It's the only question that I actually plan on the podcast. And I, I said off air to you that I don't plan any questions. I lied. I only plan one. Um, but it's probably the hardest question I'm going to ask, but I think maybe you might have an answer though. All right. I'm talking too much. I'm rambling on, but if you had to recommend one album, it doesn't have to be hip hop that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of what would it be? It, can I name two? You can name two, but you got to choose one that has to come first. All right. The one that comes first, I would say is uh, Lupe Fiasco, the cool, uh, just to me, one of the greatest, I was going to say rap, but one of the greatest albums of all time. There's a little mix of everything in there, some rock. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. I, I just really love that that damn uh, album. And uh, the second one, I was going to name because I felt like this album, I don't like saying this, but I felt like it legitimately like saved my life. I, like, I was seriously thinking about ending it all and being, I was super depressed. And it was an album, like the lyrics didn't necessarily sit with me or anything, but the beautifulness of the music just made me say like there's just always there's always going to be some there's going to be so much that i didn't hear like i wouldn't have heard this album if i would have ended it then i would so yeah it gave me a different perspective and that's uh zed uh clarity just one of the, my favorite electric uh dance music album of all time there we go first electric dance music uh kind of mentioned on the podcast so i love that and uh obviously you know your your story is really interesting i actually did want to ask you because you're a fan of lupe fiasco and royce and lupe had their you know i don't know if it's a real beef because they're just kind of back and forth and talking on ig how did you feel about that i don't feel like it's a beef because if it was a beef i mean it would be beef between chicago and detroit <laughs> you would know if it was a beef um but I do feel like it is definitely a lyrical sparring. I feel like uh, Lupe, to an extent, doesn't really like Royce uh, from what I've heard on his lives and whatnot. But uh, when it comes to just the bars, like I feel like Lupe got Royce, but it's only for one reason. And I think it's because Royce didn't really seem to really like aim his his rap at Lupe fiasco 100% wholeheartedly and I think if Royce did do that I think Lupe is my favorite rapper of all time but I think Royce definitely uh could with under the right circumstances uh outdo Lupe fiasco uh it just it's just got to be the right circumstances and this time it just wasn't 
Yeah. Cause I listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of Royce. Royce is nearly like close to my top five and I've been a big fan of Royce for a long time, but my critique for his is you're right. I don't think he went particularly hard. I think he kind of, like you said, it was sparring. And then I think his beat selection was strange to me. Like it didn't have the same energy and I thought Lupe's beat selection was a lot better. And so it sounded better. Um, but yeah, I just find it like, it's just interesting to see where they're at. Obviously they've got their own show and and they work together, but I'm not so sure if it's cohesively like that. They, they, they're on the same page. Well, I mean, the show is canceled now, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I look, I'm not that they were the tightest of friends to begin with, but I really hope that they reconcile that. Uh, Cause I just enjoyed their energy together. They bought some pretty fire energy together. They are both some of my favorite rappers. Um, and I, yeah, that's, that's all, that's all I can hope for. They, they just extremely gifted. And I would hope to hear a Royce and, and Lupe Fiasco song one day, you know, I just, I think that'll be fire. I love both of them. Yeah. And I think they've both aged very well. That's probably something, especially Royce, like his career has only gotten bigger the longer he's been going. So usually it, it's like, he's got a weird kind of story in that sense. A lot of artists have their come up early but he's got come up because of longevity. It just shows that you, you don't have to make it early. You just got to keep plying at your craft. And he's yeah. one of the best, you know, lyrical artists out there. Much and has overcame so much. You know, he's just really inspirational in that way. Um, I think how much Royce reveals of himself is what makes me truly appreciate him as an artist. I like I love Lupe Fiasco and his music, but to say like I, I don't I don't think I know too much about him personally. You know what I'm saying? I know the things that he likes and stuff, but I don't know anything about like things that happened in his childhood and what he used to do and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the Book yeah. of Ryan was Book so... of Ryan, one of the best rap albums ever for real, and it just, came out in just, 2018, and I feel like that. Yeah, just just a story. Like it was literally just a life story, a biopic of like this is my life, and I know he's talked about it afterwards, saying I should have mentioned it to people in my family going, Hey, this is what I'm going to do because he caught some personal, you know, splashback, but you know, yeah. as, as a piece of work, it, it was really impressive. And, and just, there are so many songs where it's like just a story and you can visualize it in your mind. So if you haven't listened to that, highly recommend. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, that album really, uh, pushed where the direction of my album at the time, the gray area was heading. And it's kind of funny. I think Joe uh, Joe Button gave me not the same, but somewhat in the same direction of advice that uh, he gave Royce at around that time. Because Royce always tells this story about when uh, uh, Joe was like, yo, everything you're saying is fire, but when you're going to start rapping about your junk and your guns, you know what I'm saying? And pretty much asking him like, yo, rap more about yourself. We want to know about you and more about your life. Um, so I, sh I showed uh, Joe Button my EP at the time and he was like, yo, this is all good. You can rap, but like, do you have any like pain or struggle? Any, like, what, have you gone through anything kind of thing? And I was just like, yeah, I do. I, I just never thought to rap about it. And it made the gray area, the really dark, sad album that it was, but not in a way where like it was toxic. It was actually healthy to get it out of me. Yeah, it's like therapy in a way. Yes. Yes, perfect word. So how was it speaking to Joe Budden? Was it like, I feel like it's it's a weird experience to be like, hey, check out my album. Like, I don't know about you, but I would be so nervous to be like, 
he is an artist I re- re- respect and like his feedback is just means a lot to me. Like how, because Slaughterhouse to me, one of the greatest groups of hip hop of all time. And, right. and so like, I can only imagine the feeling of like, all right, we're going to sit down and get to give me feedback. And I would be so nervous at that time. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was walking into. Truth be told. Um, I, all right. So what happened was I was doing the, I was trying to sell tickets to this show that I had, uh, which thank God ended up being a successful show. Um, and I, w- I was doing it door to door, you know, Girl Scout cookie style. Um, <laughs> and I went on to like the wealthiest street in my town and uh, I offered it. And this guy was like leaving the house. He's like, nah, I'm sorry. I got too much going on and whatnot, but you might want to check next door. My, my, my neighbor's Joe Button, he'd be interested. And I'm just like, no way, this guy's joking, whatever. But I was like, just in case, let me just put uh, my EP and two tickets there. I'll just put the money in later. Um, and I got a call, and somebody was like, "Yo, do you know whose house this? Do you know whose house this is? This th- that was?" And I'm like, "No, just in case." Because I'm like, I still don't know if it really was. <laughs> and they were like, "Yo, come by, um, Sunday." afternoon i'm like okay sure i come by i walk to the backyard now first of all this is a rich house in a white neighborhood i could have i could have died and had my organ sold <laughs> this wasn't as smart as i thought going but i um walk in go down the uh driveway walk around this is around the time of a uh, of a uh, uh, everyday struggle and i see the back of his head and I know this is like so freaking funny. I've never said this to his face because I don't want to offend him. And I still don't think it's, I don't think it's offensive. I just think it's funny. I saw the back of his head and I'm like, oh snap, that's Joe Button. That's got to be Joe Button. And I don't know how, but I knew him from like <laughs> the shape of the back of his head. <laughs> it's weird. So I, I, I come, I'm like, I'm like, like, I'm trying not to like freak out or whatnot because I don't want to wear them out and get kicked out. So I'm just like, I'm just like, like trying to play it cool. I'm just sitting down. This is during Ramadan, so I'm fasting. So I'm in the middle of trying not to pass out. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there just like, hey, he's like, yeah, what's, what's going on, man? I'm like, uh, not, nothing much. He said, yeah, you're working on music? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of music. You want to hear it? Yeah, I'm working on an album. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I end up playing a lot of a lot of my stuff for him. And I, I appreciate him for that experience so much. You know, he can never do anything for me again in my career. But that little moment taught me so, so damn much. And uh, I ended up down the line. Uh, there was a show that was in town and his son, uh, uh, Trey, ended up performing there. And I got to meet him. And now me and Trey uh, is, is is tight. That is a that's an amazing dude. Yo, he's so freaking ahead of his time. It's just I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed to just know know him I, don't, I wouldn't even be able to say like i truly know joe i've only met him i think two or three times three times but uh his son very very blessed to, to know him he's a really great dude i just love that as like a chance like it's almost like it was meant to happen you were meant to go down that street you were meant to go up to to that house and he's like hey go next door because if that didn't happen who knows where you would be right now that's that that that's 
that's the hard work that I was talking about, though. I mean, although I would never do it again because my calves, um, walking all, all through the town for that show just ended up giving me one of the greatest shows and whatnot. And I would do it. I wouldn't do it all over again, as I just said, but it was just it was it was perfect, man. It was perfect. Well, it's kind of like me asking you at the end of the interview about Royster Five Nine and Loop Fiasco, and then I get an anecdote about Joe Budden. There's no way for me to to know that either. So it was like, oh my god, I uncovered something really cool here. So, <laughs> man, look, I appreciate you, and I appreciate what you're doing. Um, obviously, Samad Savage, check him out, please. Uh, show him some love. Check him out on YouTube, IG. That's where that's where I hit him up as well. So please uh, check him out. Obviously, album coming out at some point this year. You'll definitely see that. And you know, as he said, the the real key is diversity in terms of showing his skill set across the board. So you'll see a real mix and match of of what he can do. And if you if you're not sold, definitely check out his previous albums as well. Because um, yeah, I'm a big fan and, and definitely want to watch in terms of your come up. But for yourself, is there anything else you wanted to to plug or anything else you wanted to to kind of sh- shout out? Yeah, man, just, hey, be ready for the album. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. My name is Samad Savage, S-A-M-A-D-S-A-V-A-G-E. And that's all I got. Oh, and most importantly, screw with it. And that's it. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, as I said, I appreciate you coming through and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on and maybe who knows, we'll have to talk a little bit more about, about JB, uh, Joe Biden. But uh, no, I think, I think, uh, yeah, you definitely gave, gave me more than I expected, but yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. As I said, Hey man, it's, it's all love. I, I appreciate you for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like, and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now